You're listening to R&D in the QC with Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston. Episode 2, we talk about the Blue Line Extension, televising the public forum, technology opportunities, and the 287G program. We also have special guest Senator Jeff Tart and Council Member Matt Newton. Tart, glad to be back with you in the confines of this luxurious podcast studio you've got here. Uh, once again, if you weren't with us for episode one, it's Tarek's closet-sized city council office on the 15th floor of the government center. It's looking more lived in here than last time we were. We spoke. I moved. So. A, I moved a, a piece of Kenny Smith artwork up from one side of the room to a, the other. A map. There's a dry a erase white, board. Yeah, whiteboard. A couple of more binders. Um, but it's 2018, Larkin. You need some. You need some art, and you need some pictures in here. I it's think. It's 2018. It's a new day, and this is episode two. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We hope you. Caught our first episode a couple weeks ago. We had for the holidays a two week break on meetings, mm. so we had a two week break on podcasts. But we are back, and we'll be coming What'd at you, you mostly every week from here on out. Uh, I escaped the cold weather with you my did. family. We went out of out of the country and got a little sun, got a little sea sea time, sea time, a little vitamin C. Nice. It was great. But we're going to do a quick recap. We got two great guests that are going to be on the podcast tonight, and we want to save a lot of time for them. So. Just time for a quick recap, as my friend John Oliver would say, of the news from tonight's council meeting. So I get to lead off with some good news that I'm really excited about, which is that the blue line extension of our light rail system will be opening not only early, but on time. Mm. Nope. Not only on time, but early. Er, Yeah. 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 Yeah, Well, whatever. whatever. It's going to be opening early. So Friday, March 16th, our citizens, and it'll start in District 1 and head up to our good friend, Greg Popcorn Phipps's district <laughs> will be at a ride in on Friday, March 16th. So we knew it was going to open in late March. It's now going to open in mid March. I'm really excited about it. We're going to have a lot of really interesting development along that line uh, through some neighborhoods in my district, like Optimus Park and Noda. And uh, so I'm really pumped. I was really pumped to find that out today, and I'm really excited to get to ride on it. And uh, that was my biggest excitement today. That's awesome, man. And it looked 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 beautiful. Uh, what we got to see, so. Uh, I'm excited as well. So let's see, what's next on the docket to talk about? Well, our good friend, friend of the podcast, and and episode one guest, Mr. Braxton Winston, Winston. tonight brought up something that that he's touched on a couple of times, and so this was not new, but Mm. kind of came back up and uh, and I think got some traction tonight talking about putting the public forums, which we had one tonight, putting those back on television. They had previously been televised. Uh, The last council decided for a number of reasons that they would take those off. And now there's discussion to put them back on. That's something Braxton's pushed. And I, something I've supported of his, I think you have as well. Um, so we'll see where that goes. I think that's going to come to more of a head in, uh, in two weeks. So let me ask just a basic question on this one. Let's have maybe a little dialogue, a little mini debate, very small. Um, we heard on kind of both sides of it. One side is, uh, and the side that I kind of associate more with is, um, you know, transparency, allowing kind of, you know, this to be a forum for our citizens to speak and, and everyone to be able to see it and, and just overall transparency. The other side is some people abuse this stuff, right? Some people come in here because it's televised and say abusive things. I think that was one of the arguments that one of our council members was, were making. I mean, where do you fall in all of this? And, and do you see that side of it? Uh, and does that overweigh the, the, the benefits that transparency bring? Well, I think the council members that were that wanted to have more of a discussion around whether or not we should do this 
made a point that in previ- in the previous council, when they were televised, they tended to get people that came in and act a little crazier, um, say more blasphemous things, uh, and knowing that they're going to be on TV kind of used it as a, as a platform for in a way that they might not otherwise. And that when they took them off television, it started to lessen those problems. And so I think that's a valid point and something that has to be considered. But I think none of us are negating the validity of that argument. But I think that, that Braxton and I think those of us who are, are planning to support him on this feel like while there's an intelligent case to be made for either side, that you'd, you'd rather err on the side of inclusion, of openness, of transparency. And I think that's his goal, and, and that's why I intend to support him on that. So uh, another item that uh, was uh, I was very passionate about was – we have the retreat coming up at the end of the month. We've been planning and working uh, uh, for uh, the last couple business days to design what that agenda looks like. And one of the items that um, we're going to be able to do, and I actually made a call across the city uh, for uh, regular citizens to help contribute and be a part of this, is where are there opportunities to either enhance or transform through the use of technology, city processes or user experiences for people who, uh, who uh, engage in city processes. So um, this is another, then I'm making the call here on the podcast, R&D in the QC. If you are out there and you have an experience or you, you see a ch- uh, something that can be improved upon, someone called me the other day and said, you know, the, 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 the bulk trash pickup process, how is it that there's no technology that allows me to kind of not just schedule it, but then you know, use a QR code and, and essentially see, you know, validate when it gets picked up so there isn't this kind of vagary in it. That's one s- small little example that can improve the life of citizens. So I'm hoping everyone will help contribute and take part in this and uh, reach out to us with that information. And I'll tell you, if you want to reach out to Tarek and, and give him some ideas, if you want him to get particularly excited and mm. latch onto your idea. Blockchain. I recommend you use the word blockchain in the subject line of your email. Even if it has nothing to do with blockchain, I assure you it'll be the first one he opens. I, I knew you were going that route before you even got like a tenth of the way into it, well, Larkin. It, it was predictable. Like, predictable. Your, like your love for blockchain. Indeed. I love blockchain because guess what? It's going to change everything. So Everything. Well, well, if not, you're going to be severely disappointed. Um, <laughs> Finally, the, la- the last thing on our on our rapid fire round tonight that we'll touch on uh, was another thing that our colleague Braxton Winston brought up. And I think um, I think that's going to be the beauty of Braxton being on council. And I think that's why a lot of people voted for him was because he's going to bring up things that historically have not been brought up. And I think that's going to rub some people the wrong way and other people are going to cheer that and I think knew what they were getting uh, when they voted for him and are excited to see him following through on that. And that is bringing up topics that that maybe have not been um, in, in the focus or in the target of city council in the past. And tonight he brought up 287G, which is a program that the sheriff's department participates in with the federal government um, that certainly has its champions and its detractors. Um, and so you could, you could come out on either side of that argument potentially, but he brought it up and said he sees it as an impediment to uh, our inter- international population, which is almost a fifth of our city, from being able to create meaningful um, trust-based relationships with law enforcement. And I think there's a, a va- regardless of where you fall on the immigration issue, um, Anything like that, I think that there is a very compelling case to be made that what he's saying is true, that it does erode trust between law enforcement and our uh, foreign-born population. He brought that up tonight. We'll see where that goes. Um, 
it was during council topics. It wasn't something we really got to dig into in terms of a, a council dialogue on it tonight. But I, I'm sure it's not something that um, that's the last we've heard of it. So it'll be interesting to see what the reaction to that is in the media and in the public uh, as as he kind of starts to kind of turn turnover rocks that are maybe viewed as being in someone else's department. Right. Uh, and he wants to bring those in-house and discuss them here. So, uh, you know, um, putting aside where you fall on that specific issue, right? Because if, if it comes to a point, and I'll be very interested to see what kind of traction, because he's, he's, he's said to us he plans on using these council manager uh, topics in, on the agenda each business meeting for these exact purposes. So, um, I'm, I'm one, I'm interested to see what kind of traction making a statement, which clearly that's going to be controversial, if that gets picked up by the news media, if the, st- if, the, if the constituents start to create a dialogue on that. Because the only person who can make that decision is, is the elected sheriff. It is within his wheelhouse to decide to do that or not. I, I applaud Braxton for reaching out to the sheriff and having a dialogue with him um, beforehand and not just kind of doing that. I think that's great. Um, but putting aside where, where you stand on the position, let me ask you a real question. Uh, and we both like Braxton a lot, but uh, is it is it too much? Ha, what what is too much as it relates to the frequency of dropping big controversial bombs? I mean, what have we gotten so far? So far, we've gotten pay raises, which I was actually going to use as an example in yeah. terms of how you're you're saying will this get picked up? Will this have traction? Will this create a dialogue? I, I think I mean, clearly in, we are inevitably <laughs> We're it will. About it right now, not only are we talking about it, but I think if you look at the, the pay raise term extension discussion that has been triggered by his bringing it up. I think that clearly people are paying attention and clearly people care. And it, it, clearly people feel strongly on both sides of that issue. I think they'll feel strongly on both sides of this issue. Um, the public might not care as much about uh, bringing back public forums onto, onto TV. I think some people really will. But, um, but these issues, I mean, he, he has a voice that is arguably louder than any of the rest of us on council That's because true. of the the publicity he got for for his story. I mean, he's got a very unique story in terms of how he came on the council. Um, but at is, what point does he use that political capital up too frequently and not all not in the form of 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 twenty twos shooting at many different targets opposed to a bazooka shooting at a big problem? It's just, it's, a, it's an honest question. Yeah, I, I think that's for. I mean, he'll have to find that balance. If if over the course of six weeks you bring up six really big. Um, polarizing topics then does it does it water down the focus or the ability to act on any one of those maybe um that'll be for him to find i I think he he, like he like all of us came on to council with a couple of things that he thought were really really important um and he's not wasting any time getting to him i don't think there's going to be something big every week's meeting for for a year and a half two years um out but i do think that he kind of had his punch list of things that were priorities for him and he's he's bringing them up quickly and we all came on with things we really cared about and wanted to push and and he's been very quick to do that so i think it will trigger a conversation it'll be interesting to see where it goes and while we can't have any direct impact on it in terms of something we can vote on we do have a platform and, and he's finding ways to use it and engage people in conversations this the pay raise discussion is still taking place there was a letter to the editor in the observer yesterday about it. it i mean it was three weeks ago that he brought that up and it is still something that almost daily there's a letter to the editor one day it'll be for one day it'll be against back and forth for two or three straight but weeks i guess now. The, the question is and this will be my last question to you you know is it 
How many of these big topics do you rack up and put out there and leave unresolved? And can you deal with it one time? Should we be focusing on, I mean, there's literally three or four out there right now. Is it, is, should we be focusing on one at a time until we bring it to closure? I mean, I think his frustration has been and might continue to be the slow pace with which government works. So I think he's putting these things out there to see, to, to take the temperature of the room, to take the temperature of the city and say, where is their political will and where is their public will to make changes on some of these things that really matter to him and matter to a lot of us? And and maybe maybe he's putting them out there to see which ones have the most traction and then zero in on those and and try to move the ball. I think time will tell, but I don't. I don't anticipate that he's got a hundred of these things lined up. I think he had a handful of them lined up, and he's he's bringing them to light very quickly and and wanting to take action on them. So I, I think that's what we knew yeah. we were getting with with Braxton. That's what voters knew they were getting. That's why they voted for him. That's why I voted for him because you want somebody that's going to come in, shake up the system a little bit, and say, I don't care how it's always been done. I don't care that this isn't theoretically within our purview uh, this is something that matters to our our constituents our citizens our neighbors and and matters to us and we're going to we're going to tackle it whether people think we're supposed to or not and so um you know i applaud his boldness in that and uh, it it's going to be really interesting to be a part of that and see where it goes. You're fired up tonight, Larkin. I'm fired You're up. fired up tonight. And like. I'm fired up about our next guest. We've got joining us a state senator mm. uh, who graced us with his presence. And one of the things we're going to talk about is something that has been talked about a lot. And that's how do we start to bridge the gap in, in not only Charlotte-Raleigh relations, but urban-rural relations. There's there's a lot that can be done on, that, on both those fronts in North Carolina. And hopefully he's going to help us solve it. So we'll be right back with Senator Jeff Tart. All right, let's do it. This is David Borax, live from the studios of R&D in the QC. This episode of R&D in the QC is brought to you by movie theaters, but only the ones that serve popcorn. Hey, welcome back to R&D in the QC. We've got a special guest in the studio tonight, State Senator Jeff Tart. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Appreciate having me, guys. Appreciate you walking by and being willing to let us grab you and, uh, and do a quick session. We just have one question for you, okay? And that is that is a a really simple one, one that uh, all of us here on council have at the top of our minds, which is, what can we do, and what's the recipe for improving and building a solid foundation of uh, Charlotte local to state level relationships? Well, you hit the operative word there, and it's like everything else in life, whether it's your work, whether it's family, church, social activities politics and particularly the political relationship between Raleigh and the city of Charlotte and Mecklenburg County both is relationships and it gets down to one-on-one and it's building those relationships between the individuals as well as the institutions. Well, well I've got a question then too. I think um, as you and I would exhibit, I think we've got some bipartisan relationships with members of our uh, our Mecklenburg delegation at the state legislature, but how can we as a city do a better job of maybe reaching out to some of the rural um, representatives and state senators? Because yeah. I don't I don't have a, a way to interact with them the way that I might with you. You and I have a good relationship. We can work together. But ultimately, you've got to go down there and sell ideas for Charlotte and for Mecklenburg County. And that requires buy-in from your rural counterparts. What can we as a city do to better kind of grease the skids for you when you get down there to say Charlotte is not against rural North Carolina. Charlotte helps rural North Carolina and vice versa. Is it about us coming up there? Is it about physically being there and showing them we care and this matters to us? 
I think that's exactly what you're talking about is the ability to kind of get in the cars, put on the tennis shoes and spend time face-to-face, breaking bread, grabbing lunch, building, again, personal relationships. So when you call somebody, you know them by name. You know them uh, and how they think, what they're doing. And, it, you know, the rural legislatures are the only place we're going to have commonality and an easy place to meet is Raleigh. Uh, I will go back to Anthony Fox when he was mayor. One of the things Anthony did is he came to Raleigh on a semi-regular basis, and it makes a difference. There is no question. Larkin, do you have tennis shoes? I, I do. I, I, I actually had to buy dress clothes when I got elected to city council. Dress clothes, I, yes. I, I wasn't used to this. Um, but I've got an idea. Okay. Oh, here we go. And it, you'll not be surprised to know that it involves food. But <laughs> I think food, we, food's a good thing. I think he said the place we can meet in the middle is in Raleigh. There is a North Carolina historic barbecue trail that I've been slowly ticking off uh, 23 different restaurants across the state of North Carolina. I think we have periodic uh barbecue we target tour. one of the barbe- a barbecue tour we target one of the places on this list every month or two and we have senator tart or some other folks from our mecklenburg delegation set us up a barbecue lunch at that spot with whoever the local representative and senator are brilliant brilliant i think i need to co-chair this task force uh, i i love it we'll, we, we will do it so here's another question so and we're coming up with these ideas on the fly which is what this podcast is about so we've got a venue kind of a a thing in your mind, kind of final question to you, what, what are some topics? What are some um, more initial topics that maybe are low-hanging fruit, maybe not, you know, but, but they, they, they use those platforms that we just kind of came up with that idea in the barbecue tour to actually see if we can't make some progress on accomplishing something together. Is, is anything jumped to mind there? Well, there's all, all the things that we're dealing with in the legislature that also impacts all the cities. I mean, opioid issues are big. Uh, pre-K education is a big deal that we're trying to address. We were kind of joking about it, but I'm telling you, technology is an absolute uh, game changer. Is there something in tech that we could, is low-hanging fruit? I know you have your fingers in, in a lot of different pies sure. from that perspective. Well, the absolute lowest hanging fruit is all the forms that we create at the different municipal, county, and state levels mm-hmm. uh, to be able to automate those and start eliminating paper. Make it easier for constituents to interact with government bodies. Beautiful. Which is exactly what we're trying to do here with the podcast. So Exactly. Well, way, to, way to hit the nail on the head there, Senator. I think we've done it. Another successful passerby grab here and, and building Raleigh to Charlotte relationships. Because how can you not get along when you're both eating good barbecue? Exactly. Senator Tart, thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to the barbecue trail. Yes. This is Kirsten Garris, and you're listening to R&D in the QC. And this episode is brought to you by Beyonce. Slay all day. Mark, I'm excited to welcome another great friend of the podcast here Who we tonight. got? Who we got this week, buddy? Councilmember Matthew Newton, Matt. District 5, and was sworn in tonight. So, Matt, not only welcome to the podcast, but welcome to City Council. Matty Newts. Oh, thank you so much. My friends call me Matt. So, <laughs> uh, it, it's really great being here. Uh, I uh, appreciate the invitation, and I'm really looking forward to working with both of you guys and the rest of Council, making sure that we get things done for the city of so Charlotte, talk, t- East talk, Charlotte. Talk us through, man. We're so excited. You're with us now. You're back. So you were sworn in tonight. Did, yes. How, how'd you feel, how did you feel? How did that make you feel? It was uh, exciting. I had my, my beautiful new wife, Tiffany, uh, by my side, uh, along with my family. It was a, a really fantastic opportunity to thank my supporters and to, to start laying out a vision for, for East Charlotte and uh, our success moving forward. So, Matt, real quick, anybody who's, who follows your Facebook account would have seen some pretty awesome pictures. So... 
Tell us the coolest thing you did on your trip. You were, Matt was out of town for the month of December. Mm. They were on a honeymoon. Looked incredible. So there's a lot to pick from, but what was your favorite thing you did on, on y'all's trip? No doubt about it. Uh, the, the most exciting bucket list thing that, that I was able to do was uh, dive the Great Barrier Reef. Mm. Uh, and uh, if you have the opportunity to do so, it can be a little terrifying because you're diving and you're, you know, you're deep uh, in the water, uh, uh, depending you know, upon a, a respirator for air. But, but it, was, uh, it was just amazing. Uh, literally one of the best things I did, think I've did done Did you eat any kangaroo? Uh, there was kangaroo uh, on just about every menu, mm. which blew me away. How does it Sounds taste? Uh, it, it is uh, no. It's more. Uh, it's more of a a lighter beef flavor mm. that's uh, that's tender. Yeah, mm. beef light. I think is what they should call it. I think yes. that's got that's got uh, a ring to it. We're gonna go with beef light for kangaroo. So coming to a Charlotte menu near you soon. Mm. So, as our is our resident foodie. Uh, well, I'll I'll think? try I'll try anything. You'll, you'll eat anything. Um, <laughs> yes, I will. Other than olives, I don't like olives. Mm. <laughs> weird, weird fun fact. So, on to more serious topics. One of the yes. things that got brought up, we have one of our public forums tonight. One of the things that got brought up was something in Matt's district that I know has been a big focus of Matt's. So, uh, tell us a little bit about what, what, what you can about what's going on with the Eastland site and where we stand on moving that forward to something new. And there are a lot of uh, important issues concerning us in East Charlotte. Uh, I think top of the list uh, is Eastland. Uh, and there was a gentleman that uh, came to, to the council meeting tonight and uh, talked about uh, the, the, uh, the uh, proposition uh, that, that we need to ensure that whatever uh, is placed at the site, it's beneficial for the community, and it reflects uh, what uh, current uh, current standards within the community are. Uh, I think uh, maybe more specifically his point was ensuring that we have an accurate reflection of our uh, area median income. Uh, and, and so uh, these are going to be uh, issues uh, as we move forward in the Economic Development Committee, which I was uh, thankfully appointed to uh, and I'm very uh, happy to be a member of. Uh, our next meeting, by the way, is going to be this Thursday uh, at 12 noon. Uh, in room, uh, either room CH14, which is in the basement of the government center, or room 267. Uh, but uh, but uh, moving forward, these are going to be some of the issues that we're going to need to to hash out AMI, as well as the uh, the concept and general scope of the development. For anybody who would want to join, CH14 is in the basement here at the government center, and that was Thursday, you said, Thursday. so that's January 11th, if anybody wants to join. So all of our committee meetings are open to the public. Anyone can come and uh, and watch those meetings if they'd like to see what's going on. And that's where a lot of the work that Matt and others will be doing on Eastland will be taking place. So thanks for the update on that. And we appreciate you stopping by the podcast. And we're excited to have you finally officially on the team. Maddie Newts. What's good for East Charlotte is good for Charlotte. Uh, thank you both so very much. And I am excited uh, and, and just ready to, uh, to get going uh, and, and work with you two as well as the rest of council. Thank you so much. Another great, great episode of R&D in the QC. Larkin, it's a pleasure. Always. Thanks all of y'all for listening in. Make sure you forward this to your friends who want an update on what's going on on City Council. And after having a couple weeks off between the first episode and the second one, we're on a more regular schedule now with our meetings, so we'll be on a more regular schedule with the podcast. Make sure you check us out next week. You're listening to R&D in the QC with Tariq Bakari and Mark Eggleston.